0: Hello, everybody. Welcome to Punch Kick Choke Chat. Uh, we're introducing one of our micro topics. Sensei Sueno and I did one of these already before, and we're going to do another one today. Sensei Sueno and I have been training together for 30 years, primarily in iido, but we do lots of other cool shit together uh, in martial arts and out of martial arts. And if you want to know more about the specifics of Sensei Sueno or myself, you can go to any of our long format podcast where you'll get a very long introduction about he and I and all our amazing ranks and accomplishments in martial arts and uh but today the topic that we're going to get into and we're going to crack open is uh basically fitness and martial arts and why should you do it is there any benefit like why are we doing this since you know how you doing today
1: doing great I love these chats and uh it's just inspirational to be talking about fitness and martial arts uh I'm headed to the dojo after this call anyway but uh i'll have an extra charge from this conversation
0: yeah i wrote down a i knew we were going to talk about this so i kind of journaled a little bit in case some of the specifics came up that we wanted to talk about but um anyway what do you what do you think why why do you love it and why does it relate to martial arts for you
1: yeah um, your martial arts. well uh uh i don't know why i love fitness um it's part of that long road. You know, last time we talked, we talked a little bit about suffering and how if you, you know, when you start a lot of things like push-ups, it feels like suffering. But if you do it long enough with the right mindset, you start recognizing the connection between the being able to do a ton of push-ups and success in other areas, right? Being able to punch harder, have a better cardio, whatever it might be. Um, do that long enough. You pair those two long enough. And even though there's effort in push-ups, it's not it's not the opposite of fun. <laughs> it becomes it becomes rewarding and then you start looking for it right like okay i did 50 push-ups yesterday i'm gonna do 100 today um uh so the fitness i'm using push-ups as an analogy for fitness the fitness makes the martial arts better it makes it more effective it makes it more powerful it makes it easier uh and there's just this wonderful synergy between the two so yeah that's kind of like why i like it
0: you know you're it's funny that you use push-ups because i think That was one of the first things that we actually did together was we did that hundred who could do a hundred up challenge. Remember? And we, I think first we did like the 22 for 22 days and then we amped that up. Like we did 22 for 22 days for um, I think it was for people who were suffering from post-traumatic stress disorder. And then we just kept amping it up. And I remember it was kind of funny because it was like, you know, you did like 55 and I'm like, all right, I got to do 56. And so then I call you out on the social network. I did 57. And then two days later, you're like 62, 62, jack off. And then it just kept going back and forth. Right. And I remember I had a really bad cold and then Samantha, my daughter was sitting on the couch and she said, Hey, dad so the screen. I just posted a video. He just did a hundred. And I'm like, okay, get the phone out. You got to, you got to start counting. Right. But um, anyway, I know you're kind of different when it comes to fitness. Like I agree with you on the, I don't like things to be the same. I like to change things up. I mean, I came from, for me, my background was lifting a lot of weights. I like to lift a lot of weights. I know you did as well, lift a lot of heavy weights and I'm sorry, that just got super boring to me. And now I don't like to do stuff like that. I still lift weights. I still like to lift heavy weights, but just not every day, all the time. I really like um, what it does for my body. But I like a little bit the anxiety, sensei, of writing down a workout for myself that I'm like, I'm not sure if I can actually freaking do this. And then telling myself, okay, I'm going to do it in 55 minutes. And then sometimes I do it in 40 minutes. And then other times it's like an hour and 30 minutes later. And I'm like, this is the stupidest idea ever. But when it's done, I'm always glad that I, I put myself in an anxious state mentally and then burnt myself out physically. And I always feel better at the end. Like I never feel disappointed, even if I didn't hit the goal, like it's mostly trying to reach the goal, not actually hitting the goal.
1: You know, there's a, there's a hundred percent connection between voluntarily putting yourself under stressful situations and then being better at them in life. Right. But before we get to that, the physical part is so cool. Um, as you, as you described, you know, back when we first met, I was lifting very heavy. Um, And uh, I'm actually finally writing a short book about that stuff to just get it off my plate. You know, I did it. It was so successful. I learned from some incredible people um, and just put on a massive amount of strength and muscle in a short period of time. I want to share that. Um, But I like what you said about being anxious, you know, the form of lifting that I'm talking about now is the one rep max stuff. And when you are confronting this bar with like, you know, 425 pounds and you've got a bench press that there's a there's a pressure there right there's an anxiety um like you described which i really like it's like putting yourself on a tightrope and going can i make this and then there's another cool thing that i wanted to talk about um when you are working close to your body's ability to endure it I've been paying attention and noticing like your body gives you a little shot of adrenaline. Like you can feel it differently. You know, you get a heavy kettlebell and you're doing some squats with it. And you're like, Oh, this is a good exercise. And then you go to the next level and you do the next weight and you go, wait a minute, this feels different, right? You get this little charge. You're like, okay, that's where I need to be. As long as I can be safe. That's where I should be working. That's where I should be doing my judo. That's where I should do my sparring right up at that, right up at that place where your body goes, Holy shit. This is right up at my limits
0: that you have a similar experience. Yeah, but I just wonder if I got that in physical fitness from martial arts or the other way, and that's what we're kind of talking about now, right? Because Mm -hmm. when, obviously, I competed for a long time at a high level, and I know you did as well. We both competed internationally um, on some very big stages, which those types of goals require you. You have to train at that extreme level, or otherwise, you're just wasting the the gas money for the airfare right you're just Ooh. wasting it because um so on on my side i would say you know i was a varsity athlete and i was always lifting for performance or doing exercise for performance and now i almost think it's shifted a little bit like my martial arts is bleeding into my my physical fitness workouts my conditioning workouts to push myself because i just don't feel the same if i go in and poke around for an hour and a half just kind Mm -hmm. of poke around right it's like this doesn't feel like martial arts to me mentally or physically and i wanted to because i love martial arts so i agree with you but i'm just not sure which way it goes for me if i took that physical fitness and then moved it into my martial arts i think it's probably the other way for me personally Mm -hmm.
1: yeah that's really interesting i've been thinking about that a lot in my jmac 18 workouts you know three mornings a week i do an 18 minute workout and jmac people join me So that workout has to be something that they can all do. Like I might be doing it with a 80 pound kettlebell and they might have a 15 pound dumbbell, but they're doing it. They're doing some modification, but the point is I can't just go crazy. I can't do, you know, I can't do barbell, you know, straight bar squats or anything because people don't have that setup. Um, But what I can do is think about martial arts moves, right? I can think, okay, when I'm grappling with somebody and they pull me forward out of my posture, why why would I fall out? Why would I not fall out? Like, how can I build that? Okay, let me get a kettlebell and make an exercise like that. And it not only has to match that, but it has to match. Okay, what can people do at home? Like some analogy for this. That's been hugely helpful. So it's like uh, like you said about martial arts and and fitness bleeding into each other. The JMac eighteen and stuff like that is directly, you know, it's dug from the mine of martial arts movements. Right. You know
0: what I mean? So it's yeah, not straight bar that-
1: workouts. It's just sorry. It's a you know it's. Functional, but functional plus martial arts.
0: Right. And that's one of the things I really, uh, I just absorbed from you. Not only the JMac 18, like I've put my own little twist on it, but the one thing I, I haven't put on it, that's my twist, that I just steal from you unabashedly, is trying to find movements for either cardio or muscular endurance that will directly relate into the martial arts. So like you said, like it's not... It's not a bench pressing thing. The JMAC 18 in those six exercises, how do you formulate these six exercises that are going to help you with grappling or help you with striking or getting down to push somebody off you or rolling over and getting back on your feet to throw a punch? That's one of the things that I really love about the JMAC 18 and the way we're starting to formulate these things. In my kickboxing classes, I've actually started to pull some of that in as well. Give me so, an example. You know, my kickboxing class that I teach two times a week uh is it's tough but i mean you work at your own level right so it's uh so we do uh 13 rounds three minutes on 20 seconds off in between a round and you know it starts it builds right so we'll do two rounds of bouncing then a round of just punching then a round of just kicking then punching kicking combo punching kicking combo trying to work in the different types of kicks and then accumulates to like the next couple of rounds are like two jabs across a front kick a roundhouse kick a side kick for like three minutes you're doing this and then we start going back down again back down to you know just punching just kicking um but i've developed three versions of that workout and i put in jmac 18 type of exercises into a round so it's like this third round you're doing clean press lunges with uh, a kettlebell because it's three minutes you got to Pick the appropriate weight. So, you know, if in the JMac 18, I'm using a 50 pound kettlebell, and that one, I'm using a 20 pound kettlebell, right? So that's why every third round, then I have one where it's every other round is conditioning. That one sucks. It's a really bad idea. And then I have one where we do six conditioning exercises, but it's like each each round is a minute and a half of kicking and punching, and a minute and a half of conditioning. And then everybody hates the last round to call it the Rocky round because they make them do nothing but bounce and lunge but they got to hold their arms above their head for the entire three minutes love it and they hate it but it's fun Mm -hmm. um
1: what i like about that that's a really direct analogy it kind of takes me where i wanted to go next which is if you're going to do self-defense or you're going to do martial arts if you're struggling physically to do the simplest thing right like throw a front kick and a reverse punch in kickboxing come on i mean right like your first whatever period it is for, for somebody, depending on how fit they are, when they come in their first three months or six months, should be, be devoted to making those movements very easy. They can do them repetitively a lot. So they're not struggling with those trying to do the the next level stuff. The, the The sad thing for me is how many martial artists dabble in it. You know, so a year later, that stuff is still kind of challenging for them, right? It means they're never going to really enjoy. Well, they might enjoy what they're doing. That's fine. But there's so many levels it, and, and for self-defense, right, if, if you get attacked on the street and you are having trouble formulating your front kick round, reverse punch, you know, like that just doesn't, that just doesn't go. So that fitness part and that repeti- your repetition of those movements, that stuff goes hand in hand, right?
0: Yeah, and the repetition of movement, sense as we're talking about that, I mean, your body will actually break down, I think, if you just, all you do is jab cross punch kick kata kata kata. you need other things like you know your hamstrings have to be strong enough and that requires other things for you to do and that's how you know we're talking about this like it's something new but that's been pervasive in martial arts Mm -hmm. forever like in goju karate you know the the vases filled and they carry those around in san chin to strengthen things and You know, the I can't remember the names of them, but, you know, they got those maces where they're like swinging it around. Like we're talking about it like we're doing something new and cool, but it's been around like since the 1600s. (laughs) (laughs) Well,
1: it is cool. It's still cool. Maybe not so new. There's probably new methods. But, you know, the human body needs to bear weight. Right. That's how the human nervous system and the joints and everything else know what it's up to. And I don't know the science. I just know how it works. I know a little bit of the science, but you know you got to tell your nervous system, "Hey, this is a heavy weight to bear," and then everything kind of aligns behind that. Obviously, you can't do it if you have an injury or if there's some counter indication. But to the extent you can do it safely, you have to bear you have to bear weight, and you know the things we do in jujitsu and karate, a lot of those are not great for your joints. So when you bear weight, right, you're that, that's part of the healing process.
0: I agree, and I think I I've said this before. While the world might be way more complex today then it's also way easier, Mm -hmm. physically, specifically, like, it's just easier, the way we convey ourselves around in cars and in planes, and how we get our food now. And like, it's just so much easier than being a farmer and like, 1800, having to clear all these rocks out of a field, and hook this huge plow up. And then have your horse drag this while you're holding it, and then you got to put the seeds in and then you got a heart and you got no mechanics to actually do it. So humans did this stuff to survive for. And I think for life and martial arts, it's good that we do it. The most healthy people are the ones who do this.
1: Yeah. You know, what's fascinating is that old school farmers, the ones that are still functioning today, they end up being really unhealthy as they get old because all they have is the work component. That's right. right. They don't have the structured health component. Like if they also did yoga, had a nutritionist, had a day or two a week to rest and recover, they probably live longer and live a healthier life. But a lot of the farmers I know, man, they get really racked in their 50s and 60s because all they have is that physical stuff. And we have to be cognizant of that in martial arts too, right? You need to balance the the stress and the rest uh, to, to have a healthy diet of exercise
0: and recovery. Hey, hey, can I ask you a question? Something I've kind of observed. Since in the Kitchener Dojo, since I've started doing things like the JMAC-18, which we call the LMF 24. But, but anyway, I just, we got to brand them this in our own communities, but and the kickboxing things, I've got a lot of people who were not traditionally martial artists who, you know, during the pandemic, they started doing this out of boredom. And it almost like it's been a string to get people into the dojo because when they think of martial arts, they think, I don't want to get hurt. I don't want somebody punching me in the face, throwing me over their shoulder and smashing me into the ground But this virtual, okay, I'm going to do, and then all of a sudden they're now in the dojo training, the same, and then they meet the martial arts people and they're like, oh, I'd I'd like to try that too. And it's been a bridge for a number of people to actually get their butts into the dojo and not be afraid of martial arts.
1: Love it. And that's, we don't really have that um, because we're not doing it the same way. We're not teaching live fitness classes, right? Our JMake18 is virtual. Um, It's a pretty small group that does it. Um, you know, if I taught, if I taught a, a fitness related class in the evenings, once or twice a week, I think we would have that same string that, that you have. Um, I love that thought though, especially because for a lot of people, right, their first few weeks or first couple of months in the martial arts is the when they get hurt, when they're most anxious and everything else. And if they can come in and go, well, I'm just getting fit. And then all of a sudden they've got 90% of the fundamental moves under control then that next step to the training is going to be safer. It's going to be easier for them. It's going to have less anxiety. I love that.
0: Safer, I think is a a key, right? One of the things I love about the JMAC 18 is do what you can with what you got. Right. I, I like that mentality and I like it because we have a mutual friend slash student martial artist who he would often ask me, what are you doing right now? Sensei? Like what, what's your workout? What was your last week? And I tell him, and then he'd go try and do that, and he would inevitably injure himself <laughs> and come in and say, I hurt myself. And I'm like, okay, yeah, you hurt yourself because you're jumping into the deep end. And it's taken me like 15 years to build my body and my mind up to kind of do this capacity. But JMAC 18, I, the beauty of it is it lets you build that capacity. Like from day one, you can make that workout super hard for yourself with a lightweight, extra reps pushing yourself without a lot of risk of injury unless you're a total dumbass right like
1: yeah yeah um you know which takes us to another word i wanted to mention that you and i have talked about a lot together which is the word of scaffolding right is you can't do what you do on day one or even year one right um you know i'm a you know i'm a i'm an older guy um but most people can't do what I do either. And I don't even think of it as that big a deal, except I've been doing it so long. You know, when you start to think about it, I'm, just, oh, I'm only doing 20 hours a week of martial arts classes and approximately five hours a week of fitness related stuff like that's not so much. Right. <laughs> but, <laughs> but the fact is, it's all scaffolded. Right. It's like it becomes normal for you. And then you 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 raise it up. And at the same time, we've created this um mental structure, we understand how to go about doing that, right? What do I add? Okay, I add a little bit more weight, so it's safe, right? Add a little more complexity to the drill. Maybe once in a while, you overdo it, right? I invented some weird double kettlebell workout a couple weeks ago, and I did one move, and I went, oh, you know what? That's probably a bad idea. Like, not a bad (laughs) idea, like it's going to make me fit, but like I'm going to get a hernia from it or something, so you back off, right? But if you can do that and then raise things after a while, your game just becomes so complex and so so interesting and also Keeps you so much more fit than the average human being. It's ridiculous.
0: Yeah, you know that uh, for like four months now, I've been doing BJJ, right? Yeah. I don't attribute like, okay, so I gained a lot of things from doing karate and iido that I bring to BJJ, especially for my mind and for my physicality. But one thing that everybody I roll with says to me is you're so like hard and strong you're so fast. You're so explosive. And in my mind, I'm always saying like, man, I'm just trying to do technique right now. Right. <laughs> I haven't even, like you, I'm 51. I haven't even gotten started yet. Like I haven't, mm-hmm. you haven't even seen this, this yet. I think that side of it comes from that physicality comes from the workout, like the physical workouts, not because I know lots of deadly fighters and I'm sure you do too, deadly judo practitioners who they're actually not like super physically fit mm-hmm. like they'll kill you they'll smash you into the earth like um but you know they're not gonna they're not gonna go do a tough mutter or anything like that like they're gonna they would fail at that
1: <laughs> i want to get back to something about about what you said about your workouts but that just reminds me of one of my judo teachers in uh, yokohama this guy who was like in his late 50s heavy smoker overweight right you know i I'd, I'd go down the steps to the dojo and he would slide the screen back and look out and the smoke would just pour out of that room right <laughs> you come up and to work out with him you bow to him you grab his gi and you're just like oh my god you know just just you know he smokes so much and uh his favorite food was pound cake like you know <laughs> and then he would just kick your ass right it's like god damn it why is this happening right now So I know exactly what you're talking about. That skill is one thing, right? The fitness is another. What I think is really enviable about you is the fact that you can get under a bar with 225 pounds and do a ton of deadlifts or whatever it might be, like, look at that. And and one would go, oh, that guy's going to be muscle-bound. He's not going to be able to move fast. And then we see you doing you know, karate stuff, throwing strikes and kicks. And you're just like, that's ridiculous. It's so fast and so light and, and efficient. Right, it's not driven by muscle boundness at all. So to be able to do that, I don't know that's a skill everybody has.
0: I think it is, uh, Sensei. If if your fitness, like I'm a martial artist, that's what I am. I am that, like more than anything. That's what I am. So when I'm lifting the 225 pound deadlift bar, which is actually more than that, but when I'm doing that, it's. I think your mindset plays a part, and like you know, I'm not it's the function that drives me not not the form of like how i'm going to look like i i feel like that's mostly something that's been made popular by crossfit right those people while they look great they're not doing stuff for the look they're doing stuff for the function and my function that i'm doing the things and i know like i know i've done stuff with you it's directly related to judo and grappling and it's awesome and i think that's why you And plus I do double the amount of karate as I do physical fitness. So that's, that's also makes it easier to stay explosive and fast, but I know what you're saying.
1: I mean, so much of the still today, so much of the lore around working out comes from the bodybuilding days, right? You know, you know, back when Arnold wrote his first book it exploded the world of exercise and so many people still work out that way. Well, I want to get a big pump in my muscles. I want the mass of the muscle to get bigger and it looks a certain way. And that's great. Um, not necessarily the thing that we're going for right we don't necessarily want big muscles nice when they're big but the functionality is way more important than the than the appearance
0: yeah i agree speaking from vanity i don't mind when i take my shirt off and christine thinks i look great like that feels good right right right. (laughs) but uh still the driving force for me when i do these workouts is so that my martial arts not only will my martial arts today be good but also I like being a 51 year old guy who can still do martial arts at a really high level. Mm -hmm. And I really feel confident that by doing my martial arts and doing this physical fitness, I'll be a 61 year old guy who can still do their martial arts at a very high level. And I hope I can continue to do that. Um, You know, that I'm curious to see when I'm 71 will I like what will my martial arts be like comparatively? I'm not at that point yet. So I'd say you might, you could maybe speak to it. Like I'm not at that point yet where the 51 year old Randy could probably beat every age level of me going backwards at almost everything except for recovery. The the 20 year old guy could recover a lot faster Mm -hmm. than than I can, but I know there's going to be a tipping point where I'm, there's going to come this day where I'm like, yeah, I, I couldn't I couldn't beat that 50 year old Randy today. Like he would he'd beat me up or, mm-hmm. you know, be faster than me, stronger than me, but I don't care. I'm going to keep doing it.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm not sure if I know the answer in my own case. I know I'm a lot smarter, right, than I used to be. And that even if I'm not physically <laughs> more capable, I can beat myself on that basis. Um, man, you you said something that I wanted to I wanted to explore a little bit. I, you know, I've got, I've had some of my Japanese teachers trained and lived into their eighties, but to a, to a person, they had kind of bad health habits, right? They probably drank a little or smoked a little, um, maybe didn't have the best diets. I too, am really curious about this. I mean, I, you know, I think even if it's five years more, I mean, imagine that you could get to 90 and still be super active and be You know, if you can be 90 years old and 50% of your current self, that might not satisfy you, but it would be extraordinary in the world, right? I really think that's possible. Um, And then, you know, in 10 years, when stem cells and stuff get organized a little bit better, beyond that is possible too, right? I mean, who knows where the limit is?
0: Yeah, I know we, uh, it was a a guest on Rogan, and then I went and read some of the articles where um, leg strength is actually a direct corollary to... Longevity in life, mm-hmm. and that really makes sense to me because if your legs are strong, you can still get out of the house. You can still buy your own groceries, which means you're interacting with people, which means your mind is staying more active. So, um, if your diet's good and you're staying physically fit, short of something like a genetic disposition that takes you out or a car, and even then, I still think you're you're always going to be better at whatever age you are if you're physically fit. Yeah right? Like you yeah. and I talked about this, you, you, at uh, in your sixties, you said to me once, you know, my dad was never in his entire life in the physical condition I'm in right now in my sixties. That's the same with my father. Well, he was no, by no means like obese or, but he smoked, he drank, he looked okay in a shirt, like mm-hmm. fairly muscular guy, but never like me, like never, ever in his entire life. Right. Right.
1: Yeah. And that's, it's a point of pride or it's a, it's a, it's a measure, right. To help you kind of get perspective. Um, I still don't feel like I'm doing enough.
0: Yeah. There's always more to do. I agree. Yeah,
1: um, um, My, my biggest single challenge is getting enough rest. I just don't have the patience for it. Right. But I know that, right. I know that I just don't like to rest. Um, yeah. It just makes me so curious. You know, you know, if you had, if you could organize your sleep well, if you hydrate well and eat whole foods, you keep your leg strength up. And then I think I've gone on my rant about fish. Oil.